lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand. Here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. You can follow us at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and like us and follow us. Uh, look for Steve Dace on Facebook, MeWe, Gab, and Parlor. Get clips of the program at youtube.com slash stevedace and rumble.com slash stevedace show. Uh, before we get into today's program, I want to close the loop on something. Uh, yesterday, we spent a good deal of time talking about, is there even a Republican Party in Michigan, right? Just incredulous at the political opportunities that Gretchen Whitmer and her administration keep handing over. And there's like no opposition party that cares about taking advantage of it, right? I have received voluminous emails I didn't know this many people in the state of Michigan watched and listened to this program, but we have received voluminous reports about the state of play within the Republican Party in Michigan. And I want you guys to all know they're all bad. All right. They're all very, very bad. And if I could pick one out of all of them just to quickly share with you, it's this note from Shannon Cook. Uh, And she writes that Lee Chatfield was the speaker of the Michigan House you guys had on last year. That's right. I remember that name now. Uh, He was term limited out in November. He took a job in Kalamazoo as some sort of consultant. He lasted just a few days before he caved to cancel culture. Uh, The left made a big stink about him being pro-life and he packed up and went home. Total wimp. He could have gone after Whitmer a lot more than he did. And the Michigan GOP has no spine What? So ever. So other than that, they're they're doing fine. Other than that, you're doing great there in the state of Michigan. I, I somebody who listens to our show and is connected within an athletic community. I won't say more than that. Sent me a note on LinkedIn this morning that him and his his, his that his lefty wife is like, I'm, we're done. We're getting out of here right now. And the last straw was the masking of toddlers. They've got a, they've got one, a two and a half year old, and and his le- even his lefty wife is like, no way in hell is, is that are we masking our two and a half year old kid? We're getting the hell out of here. And so he was asking me about you know like Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida. So in the end, never ever forget this, folks. If there's, you know, we try to impart uh, as much wisdom, or at least what we think is wisdom, it may not be wise, uh, as we possibly can on this program. But if I could pick like just two things ever to remember, ever, from this program. Number one, Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so. Remember that, number one. Number two, we are not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will. And we always will be. Gretchen Whitmer can turn the Constitution into a mask. And if there is no political price to pay for doing so, she may do whatever she wants. She can mask your toddlers 
while she goes maskless, and if there is no one to hold her accountable, if there is no political price to pay, that is, in fact, now the law. We are not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. Never, ever forget that. Coming up a little bit later in the program, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us. Of course, we will play our favorite little game known as Buy, Siller Hold coming up at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, uh, here is Aaron's reminder that we are not a nation of laws, but of political will, otherwise known as what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by The Verdict. A jury in Minnesota yesterday found former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin guilty on all three counts he was charged with. Unintentional second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter in the death of George Floyd last May. Steve ran a poll last night asking you if the jury was right to convict Chauvin on all counts. 62% of this audience say no, 27% say they don't know, and 14% say yes. Terribleness ensued following the announcement. His name synonymous with justice and dignity and grace and prayerfulness and prayerfulness. So we thank God. We thank Jesus. Thank you, George Floyd for sacrificing your life for justice. So no, this verdict is not justice. Frankly, I don't even think we call it full accountability. I actually always thought that he would be found guilty because it's sort of a cultural makeup call. But I'm not happy, I'm not pleased, I don't have any sense of satisfaction, I don't think this is a system working, I don't think this is a good thing. What this says to me, is that in order to get a nominal degree of justice in this country, that a black man has to be murdered on air, viewed by the entire world, there have to be a year's worth of protests and a phalanx of other white police officers to tell one white officer that he was wrong in order to get one scintilla of justice. That doesn't make me feel happy. That doesn't make me feel satisfied. The Las Vegas Raiders tweet, I can breathe for 2021. Headline from the Babylon Bee, BLM founder reminds everyone justice won't be fully served until she can buy a fifth house. Last night in Columbus, Ohio, police shot and killed a teenage girl named Micaiah Bryant. In the immediate aftermath of the shooting, Bryant's mother called her an honor student, a sweet girl, and a lover of peace. And then there's the rest of the story. Police were called to the scene of the altercation between numerous teenage girls when Bryant pulled out a knife and, as you can see, from this body cam footage was this close to stabbing another girl in the neck. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is do the Black Lives Matter math on that. Checking in on George W. Well, okay, if you were to describe the Republican Party as you see it today, how would you describe it? Uh, I would describe it as isolationist, protectionist, and to a certain extent, nativist. 
Famed anti-theist Richard Dawkins has had his Humanist of the Year title from 1996 rescinded over his belief that dudes are dudes and gals are gals. The American Humanist Association withdrew its 25-year-old honor after Dawkins wrote on Twitter recently, quote, In 2015, Rachel Dolezal, a white chapter president of the NAACP, was vilified for identifying as black. Some men choose to identify as women, and some women choose to identify as men. You will be vilified if you deny that they literally are what they identify as. Discuss. And now Daily Defiance, where the star is you and the story is taking back your country. And other countries as well. Here's a viewer of our show across the pond taking part in an anti-mask, anti-lockdown demonstration. Here's listener Bruce and his family in northeastern Pennsylvania out for a stroll in the supermarket sans a mask. And here's a viewer who goes by the Dana on Twitter in California at a Rite Aid picking up her prescription like a boss. And finally, maybe it's time to give cats a second chance. Hi, my name is Erin. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm... And that's what happened while we were away. That's the greatest animal I've ever seen. Good kitty. Yes, I'm allergic to cats. You may come to my home. Yes, (laughs) we have a place for you. Aaron's montage brought to you by Better Spectacles. Have you ever bought a pair of glasses, thrown them in the drawer, never worn them again? Or have you been told to go home and get used to your progressives? Well, I've got help for you. It's called Better Spectacles. Now offering authentic German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear for the first time here in the United States. Rodenstock is a 144-year-old company, the world's gold standard with over 500 patents. Ronald Reagan even wore them as well. Their expert opticians will specialize in difficult prescriptions, astigmatisms, those who experience problems with progressives, etc. Because the technology is now caught up to your prescription, they can help you. And one of their specialties, helping those with near and immediate vision issues. Common what I've got. Uh, when you're looking at a phone or computer all day long, uh, you can also uh, use their advanced algorithm for more than a million patents measuring 7,000 points in the eye. I don't know what that means, but man. That just sounds impressive. All right, so go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve if you want to see up to 40% better. You can schedule a teleoptical appointment. Now, you don't have to leave your house. They're not an online company. They just can do everything for you online with the best trained opticians in America. All right, so you want to go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Uh, try the introductory offer. 61% off their spec lenses plus free handcrafted Rodenstock frames. Big savings plus free handcrafted rodent stock frames today at betterspectacles.com slash Steve. That's betterspectacles.com slash Steve. We've talked a lot about cultic behavior, the rise of cultic behavior in America. In our overtime today, we're going to use a story shared with us from a member of our audience for a real time example of what that looks like. How do you know? Right. One of the things there's an entire chapter of Fauci and Bargain devoted to the Branch Covidian cult, and there are some warning signs of a culture sinking into uh, cult-like activity. But what about as an individual? We're going to share that example with you and discuss today in the overtime. Make sure you don't miss it because it's probably coming to a family neighbor near you. 
blazetv.com slash dace is where you can watch the overtime today if you're a blaze tv subscriber go there later we'll we we will record it right after today's program for you so that you can watch on demand later Uh, if you want to make sure though that you get to watch it too blazetv.com slash dace is also where you go to get a discounted subscription to blaze tv today at blazetv.com slash dace i will eventually reach out you know, we just did this whole thing on Monday about the need to form a new coalition of critical thinkers. And it's going to include some people that in the past just and probably still don't think like us, but agree that with us, they have a right to form their own conscience, right? Yes. Yes. And along those lines, I want to be self-aware and I, I, I am willing to invite the great atheist alleged badass Richard Dawkins into this coalition of critical thinkers. I'm willing to love my neighbor as I love myself here, right? I'm, sure. I'm willing to do that. I just need a day. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow's okay. Can we do it tomorrow? You can take the weekend even. Because I got to, I, 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 forgive me. Bless me, Father. I'm about to sin. All right. And I want to do it. I just need a moment. I just need to enjoy for a moment watching the mob he inspired to unleash um, bite him, come at him. I, I just, I need to watch man bite dog here for a minute. I need to watch the tail wag the dog for a moment. Can I just, can I be permitted just this one indulgence, please? I demand it. <laughs> And then, yes, tomorrow. Tomorrow is another day. And I and tomorrow we will open up the gates you're of going, critical thinking. You're going out going, tomorrow we will let him into the tent, but yeah. not on this day. Yes, yes, not on this day. Today, today I just I just I just need to bask in it for just a, just, just give me the day. Well, will there be rebels? T- and, yes, and, there and, will be rebels. And then tomorrow we may lock arms with the great atheist badass Richard Dawkins. But today, today I've, uh, you know, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. A man will always reap what he sows. Today I'm going to enjoy some sowing and reaping. And tomorrow mercy will triumph over judgment. Is that fair? Is Is that fair? Is that okay? I like the math on that. It checks is, out. is the math on that check out? Okay, good. So, um, so tomorrow, dude, we got your back. But today, <clears throat> all right. Um, George W. Bush. Ugh. Man, you took away my buzz really fast, man. <laughs> Why are you harshing me like that? Uh, and yesterday was even 420, right? Um, it's kind of hurtful. Man, I just remember being a baby Christian sitting in my living room. Amy's in the hospital, pregnant with Zoe. It's a problematic pregnancy right away. She sends me home because I'm just pacing back and forth in the room waiting for Ohio to come in because that's going to be the decisive state, right? And I'm on my knees like praying, Jesus, don't give this country over to John Kerry, right? And dude, I mean, I, I mean, I... I danced the jig man in my, in, you know, at the Champs Elysees in my family room when, when Ohio was called for W, right? Good times. Good times. Remember those days? I do. Yeah. Good times. 
Then there was that second term, which was just beyond disastrous. We got John Roberts, the gift that keeps on sodomizing. We got, I got to suspend free market principles to save the free market, the most popular unlegislation of all time. Remember that? And then we found out, holy bleep, they really are trying to bring freedom and democracy to Iraq. This is dumb. Like, I, I was even telling friends of mine at the time, that's just a scam lie. We're just saying that to win. No one believes that. We're going to like turn Iraq into like a, we're conquerors now. We're going to turn that into like a 51st state. And we're going to send a message anytime you guys come at us now in the future, like 9-11. Stealth bombers, man. Uh, just take out a statue of Muhammad in the, uh, overnight. How you like them apples? I, I really believe that. I didn't really believe that w- they believed they were bringing freedom and democracy to the Middle East. Like, then I listened to his second inaugural address where he equated Moses at Mount Sinai and Jesus' Sermon on the Mount with Muhammad probably talking to a demon in a cave. Um, I was like, you know, that gif I love, you know, that, with, the, with the guy with the mullet, WTF. And it was all downhill from there. This is probably going to go down between the worst foreign policy decision in American history. The worst chief justice appointment in all of American history. Um, the most popular, most unpopular legislation in all of American history. And when he left, he was the most unpopular president in all of American history. Uh, he also gave us, until Obamacare, the largest, biggest growth of government in all of American history. Should I continue? No. Um, you know, um, oh, and Karl Rove, throw that in. Uh, the worst two-term president in American history set the stage for the ascendancy of Nancy Pelosi and Barack Obama that we're still paying for. And, and you found out, you know, at Biden's inauguration, he actually prefers them anyway. Worst two-term president of all time. Discuss. Have one worse. Go. I mean, I know Nixon resigned, but dude, I mean, Nixon ended the Vietnam War. I mean, so worst two-term president ever go. Give me a worse one. At least he didn't tweet. That, that's true. There weren't mean tweets. That's important. Yeah. There's actually more uplifting things to talk about discussing the Chauvin case than what you just laid out. I, I know, I know, I know. But that, that, was, that was the first major turning point for me. Was I, I, got, I got into news talk radio, made the transition from sports talk during the second term of George W. Bush as it was just drain circling. And that, that had a lot to do with the program that you watch and listen to today. The shattered soul that you are today. We took our first steps into a darker world uh, during, during that time period. But uh, just to set the record, it's not isolationist to not want another generation of men and women, husbands and fathers and, and mothers and wives to die for a dunghill in Afghanistan after 20 years. That's, that's not isolationist. It's not protectionist to want to stop being uh, bum rushed and plunger raped by the Chinese, by the Shycoms in the, in, uh, in the marketplace. That's, that's, that's not, um, uh, that's not protectionist and it's not nativist to think, why don't we preserve American heritage, including all of its warts? Why don't we preserve that over wokeism? That's not nativist. That's being a damned American. 
But here's the lesson for us that know this on the other side of the transaction. How many of us, now George W. Bush was my, my red line. I didn't cross it ever again. But, you know, I got the angry emails from some of you all in the audience. We didn't vote for John McCain. That was the end of America. If we didn't vote for Mitt Romney, that was the end of America. Motion. We never do that crap to one another again. Ever. Ever. All in favor? Aye. Aye, because these guys are the end of America. Yes. Yeah. The eyes have it. We don't do that to each other ever again. So to the Chauvin case and the verdict. You'll note I've had a lot to say about it. I've said nothing about the verdict in and of itself because I don't know. Uh, I didn't watch the trial, any of it. Barely followed any coverage of it because it, to me, was a fait accompli from the beginning. He was going to be guilty of something. It was just a matter of whether the the second-degree murder charge would stick or not. Um, I wonder how many people of the... I mean, we had like 5,000 people vote in that Twitter poll that Aaron put up there. I wonder how many watched, followed the trial. I, here is, here is, here's, here's where we need to make sure we maintain critical thinking. That a lot of things can be simultaneously true. You can be beyond disgusted and despise some of the commentary that Aaron singled out in his montage, and I am. And you can tell. You know, I thought the tweet that you had right after the verdict, Todd, was very eloquent. That's why I shared it. Now is when we find out, is this really about no justice, no peace, or is it really just about no peace, right? Now now is when we find out. And in the clips that Aaron showed you, you saw examples of a permanent grievance industry. That That they can't even say this is a step forward in the right direction. They can't even say this is a step forward in the right direction. It's not enough, but, but at least justice was done here and we'll take that win and on to the next fight. They can't even, some of these people, too many of them, can't even say that. Because if there's any form of a benchmark, if there's any form of progress, then eventually their grift is no longer necessary. And that's what this is. It's a, it's a grievance grift. It's a permanent grievance class. It's a grievance grift. You can despise that, disdain it, and I do with every fiber of my being. Which is why I told you, when once, once COVID stan has been toppled, we're going after racial stan next, okay? Because I hate this crap. Hate it with a passion on a visceral level. And, but if you're sensing a butt coming on, you're right. But in the past year, I've also watched cops break a granny's arm for not wearing a useless Chinese face diaper at a Target, I believe it was. There's a section in our book about a mom who was arrested from take, for taking her children to the park. Her husband is on the same police force. They know each other. She was arrested by cops that serve with her husband. They still took her away in handcuffs for taking her kid to the park. 
all of these various restrictions and everything else that are unconstitutional and also, by the way, ineffective, they don't enforce themselves, folks. They require law enforcement. They require sheriffs, police. And it's just not as simple as because they're black, they're always being framed, or because they've got a badge, they're always right. The guy sitting next to me here nearly lost his own freedom having to defend himself in a court of law against this form of tyranny. And what's happening now is you're watching the Hegelian dialectic now is becoming no longer like a philosophical exercise. It's now an ethical conundrum. White cop comes up on a situation where a young black girl is about to stab another young black girl in the neck, maybe killing her. If he acts, he's a racist cop because it will take lethal force, likely some form of at least corporal force. Maybe you could argue he could have aimed for the leg or something like that. You know what? You try acting in that spur of the moment and see if, if you've got that much of your wits about you when someone's innocent life is at stake. You've seen too many movies where every yes. cop is like a sharpshooter or something. Yes. No. But if he, does, if he acts, he's, if he acts, okay, he shoots her in the hip, doesn't kill her. Now she's paralyzed for life. Still a racist, right? If he acts, he's a racist. If he doesn't act, well, then he just doesn't care about another dead black girl. He's a racist. You can't win. Because, the, because both ends now of a false narrative have fused into one untruth. Untruth. That the lie is the truth. It's untruth. That's what's playing out now. But I wish it was as simple as the guy in the blue uniform is always right. It's not. And I think we have to come to grips with the fact tumors, when untreated, metastasize. The spirit of the age is a tumor on this culture. It is metastasizing, spreading to every faction, every institution it touches. So before I exercise any of my credibility defending Officer Chauvin, I need to give myself a cause for pause and recognize. How many shows have I done in the last year we've asked ourselves? How as a cop would you enforce that? Well, we've pointed out cops who break into a single mom's room over a Facebook post about COVID restrictions and arrest her. Like, what a pathetic human being you are to take to make a living doing that, right? Right. Right. So I'm 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 not here one iota to defend anything about Officer Chauvin. He's got legal counsel. I wasn't on the jury, didn't hear any testimony. But I certainly have much to say, already have, and will in the future, about the racialist victimology that uses cases like this and virtually every story in America in order to further divide for the purposes of conquer. I think we're going to have to be able to critically think and separate those things. Because while the vast majority of cops are good people, not all of them are. And institutionally, it ain't the same system that it was years ago. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts on that? Well, you've described what is increasingly our modern metaphysics. Our definition of reality 
is a tribalism that depends on a level of loss for you to feel like you've won that is absolutely unsustainable in a civil society. It will become uncivil, broad-based, very quickly if this is our metaphysics, is if this is our way of defining reality. Because our current way of defining it is that pick the most chaotic scenario possible and ride that wave as long as you can because you're really not into solving problems. You're into hyping problems because you view your team benefiting more through that chaos than anybody else. That's well said, Todd. Yes, it is. And um, I just go back to something you, you mentioned and have mentioned a few times. Guys, Naomi Wolf on the COVID issue is firmly entrenched in team reality, your side. Richard Dawkins, the anti-theist, famed anti-theist, mocker of God, is on our side when it comes to dudes are dudes and girls are girls. Okay? So we have to, and it's, it's just human nature, we have to be able to look past what we had previously seen as demarcations, delineations, lines of the sands. They're always on that side. We're always on this side. It's not to say that philosophically or theologically we look at things that way. Not at all. But in terms of actually living out our values and our practices, the thing with the cops, that's one of these issues. If you're if you're on our side, you're you're on my side. If you're not, you're not. If you're right, you're right, you're wrong, you're wrong, no matter which which issue we're looking at. We've got to get past looking at these broad groups and look at things on a case-by-case basis or else we're going to be in real trouble. Come back. You get the con. We will turn it over to you with buy, sell, or hold. When we return, stay tuned. You know, we've been talking about rough greens for quite a while now. It's that powder supplement uh, powder that you sprinkle into the dog's food that your dog already loves. But chances are it's minus the good stuff your pet needs the most. The vitamins, minerals, nutrients, antioxidants, pre, probiotics. Same reason that we're taking supplements. A lot of the food we eat today is minus that stuff as well. And now you've got rough greens as a supplement for your pet. But you might be wondering, will my pet like it? Um, our dog cap loves it. In fact, nowadays I've got to remember to keep putting it in. Otherwise sometimes it's not his food. <laughs> All right. It's like his own little protest, but I can't guarantee that, that your dog will go down. Uh, we'll go for it. So, um, if you're not sure, is my dog going to be down with rough greens? How about we just give you the bag for free? Find out. First one's on us. You just pay for the shipping. You pay for the shipping, but that 14 day jumpstart bag we've been telling you about the cost is zilch to you. Just the shipping. The bag is free. Find out. Take a couple of weeks. See if your dog likes it. What do you got to lose? Roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com. Or give them a call. 833-ROUGH-DOG. Again, that's R-U-F-F. 833-ROUGH-DOG or roughgreens.com. Before we get to buy, sell, or hold, I'm getting uh, inundated. And I'm enjoying every single one of them, by the way. I'm getting inundated with emails. 
from members of this audience who are sending me your Amazon has delivered your package email to Anthony Fauci. And if, if everyone that sent me an email that told me they had done this, told the truth, I would conservatively estimate that there's over 100 copies of Fauci and Bargain heading to Anthony Fauci's office beginning today. The deliveries, the Amazon deliveries. And I don't know who the poor woman's name is in the office, Lucille. I bet you she's just, I bet you Lucille's just a beaut. You know what I'm saying? Didn't kind of think that one through, that part of it, okay? I bet you Lucille's just somebody's just awesome nana. You know what I'm saying? Who's just, you know, working, working penub for a government pension. And now is... Her, her her fingers are worn down to the nub, signing for this package over and over and over again and wondering what the bleep is this? So if y'all know Lucille, that's apparently the woman who keeps signing for the book. If y'all know Lucille and Anthony Fauci's office, audience, or office, I should say, dude. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Pour one out for Lucille, man. You picked a fine time to work there, Lucille. I'm sorry, okay? Didn't even think about the help. My bad, all right? But hey, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs, so it's a tough time to be poor Lucille at Anthony Fauci's office. Other than that, though, I'm enjoying this. Tough time to be Lucille. Let's play by Southern Hold. Uh, This is each week when our producer, Aaron... We'll bring forth from you in the audience a series of predictions or lists or problems. Todd, you and I are going to decide, are we buying it? Are we selling it? Uh, Do we have a good reason why? Once per episode, you will um, be permitted to put a hold uh, on that package, uh, on that that presentation. But if you use, uh, if you use it for any reason other than, wow, that is lame, uh, you'll be beaten. I think that is only fair. We both agree to that. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Uh, also, uh, buy solar hold brought to, you by, brought to you by our friends over at Omega XL. If you are struggling with uh, that chronic kind of pain that's usually caused by inflammation, not an injury. If it's an injury, make sure you seek out professional medical help. But if it's the chronic variety, and often you're going to see that in your back, knees, neck, shoulder. For me, it's the left hip flexor. Uh, Whatever the issue may be, chances are it's inflammation. The topical rubs, the pain relievers, they help you get through the day, but they don't treat the inflammation that's causing your pain. That's why you want a product like Omega XL, backed by 35 years of clinical research. It attacks the inflammation that's causing that chronic aching, pain, stiffness. Uh, And if you want to try it right now, it's part of my daily regimen. Go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. It's buy one bottle, get a second one for free. So buy one, get one free today at OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or you can just call them up at 800-844-4888. 800-844-4888. Aaron. All right, this week it's courtesy of our audience on Parlor. We will begin with Dylan Proctor, who says, Buy, sell, hold Mount Rushmore of Bush 43-era failed philosophies. I'm not quite sure what the second one is, so I'll, I'll have you fill that in. Number one, though, freedom is naturally desired by all people, and all people are naturally capable of enjoying it. That's, yes, that should that, be one through four. Yeah. I mean, but that, that, that's, that's a worldview issue. He articulated that. Um, and I mean, that's, you know, 
this is where I learned too, where uh, where a guy goes to church matters from a worldview standpoint. You know, we we kept trying to figure out when your former governor Scott Walker was running for office why he was so weak on like all the social issues, and then you found out like his dad was like some uh, or some family member, or he grew up around somebody in his family. I remember the exact story it was like some liberal denomination pastor. Remember we found that out. You're mm-hmm. Like, oh, that, yes. that makes sense, right? Remember when um, Neil Gorsuch got nominated and we found out that that uh, he belonged to like the Episcopalian denomination or like, yeah. uh-oh. Well, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, man, but George W. Bush governed like a, a, a United Methodist, man. Very progressive, very utopian. That doesn't mean there aren't some salt of the earth people in there and some... Great people. I remember years ago, I got invited to speak to a large United Methodist Church's elder board here in town. And it was at a breakfast with the elder board and the pastor team. And I go in there to speak and we had to eat on paper plates and everything plastic because of the poor in the world. I'm not making any of this up, dude. It was like, it was like a a cliche and they checked every box. Okay. You're going to hear from all five United Methodists in our, in our audience. Yeah, well, the, the five that are still conservative. Yes. Yeah. 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 But um, I mean, that's kind of a UMC sentiment and boy, he was faithful to govern by it. So that's a buy. Yeah. The next one is they only want to adopt. Yeah. I don't know what that's a reference to either. I don't either. Uh, something about the, maybe the 2003 adoption promotion act. I, I'm not quite sure what that one. Yeah. Is. I don't Number know what three, that one is either. Suspending insert principle here to save insert principle here is a good idea. Yeah. If anything, that should be number two, or maybe even someone well, argue number one. If they only want to adopt. Does this have to do with Massachusetts and Catholic charities and adoption? Well, that was Romney that was involved in that as governor at the time. Well, I know, but, but he would it? have been president at right. that time. Is so that I don't know if he chimed a, in or not. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what that one's about. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that what one. You think about number three. But number three certainly belongs. That's a buy. Yes. Bye. Uh, Number four, you should be grateful that grandma is searched by TSA because it's rational, successful, and does nothing to destroy your way of life. I could have come up with worse things, but I think that's fine, too. That's a a fairly good list. Yeah. Yeah. I would just circle back, if I may, to number one. Go ahead, Jen. it's, it's It's the second half of that that totally shatters it. If it was just the first part, we could have an argument about the god the god-shaped hole in our heart and that we were designed for relationship with him but then it totally comes off the rails with the second part up next we have chad smith who says of course the companies who say the georgia voter lies racist will in turn realize their boardrooms and team owners mlb are old white guys and that's diverse enough sell it realize You're, uh, uh, let me see that again, because I think it assumes or implies. The companies who yeah. say the Georgia voter law is racist yeah. will in turn realize that their boardrooms are old white guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you want me to sell on that, Chad, that this is sarcasm. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not being snotty when I'm not trying to be. I assume that this is sarcastic, so I am yeah. supposed to sell because they're not going to realize anything. They, they don't have to. Yeah. They're better than you. They're, they're, you're, they're superior to you. They dictate to you. So they don't need any self-awareness whatsoever. 
Well, I think I, I thought we were supposed to buy. I think they're selling that they absolutely realize that the center does not hold if you follow to conclusion all the way through, but they're going to say, like, of course we're not going to follow it all the way through. That's insane. Yes, but, they're not going to. Yeah. They don't have to. They're better than you. Yeah. Which, yeah. It, it's, I saw this tweeted last night that uh, BLM activists were urging people to begin to assemble around, uh, uh, was it either the governor or, or the mayor's home there in California or LA? I don't remember which one it was. And I tweeted out, by all means, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yes, that's exactly where you should yes. go. Finally, finally, the Venn diagram has intersected. Yes, we have come to an area of agreement. Yes, you should end up at Mayor Garcetti's home. Totally agree with that. Yes, that's exactly where you belong. Yes. Up next, we have Big A, who says patriotism is just idolatry at this point. Uh, I'm going to sell. I think it's too early for that. But I, but I... Like I've said, and, you know, with the inconvenient truth about America, we need to be prepared to let the nostalgia go, okay? That ain't Steve Rogers in the Captain America suit anymore. It's John Walker, if you get the reference I'm making, you know? So, um, I, I, I just think, be prepared. I think the time is probably coming for... If if things don't turn around, if we get more into the bust and less into the revival area, that, you know, they'll be happy to hang you uh, from your American flag. Uh, and then they'll be the ones standing at attention and seeing the Star Spangled Banner uh, to the spirit of the age. But I don't think we're there to make that as a blanket statement yet. So I would sell. I will also sell, but I can't stress enough that Steve is right about how quickly we could change because when it goes it goes yes exactly right i am getting i just got a soccer camp email for my second oldest daughter it's a uh, division three uh small liberal arts soccer uh college in minneapolis in the heart of minneapolis Um, no way a ideologically i'm not sending her into that war zone and b geographically i may as well be sending her into beirut at this point okay so that's how close we are up next, we have John117, who says, Steve takes the vaccine if it's manufactured by Built Bar. <laughs> Bye. Bye. One of the easiest buys we've Yes, that's an while. easy buy. Yes. Yeah. Next, Gerald or Gerlad D says, uh, Biden will announce in his address before Congress next week an extension of the 100 days to mask up because the science shows it's working. Bye. So, some insane version of that. Yes, bye sell i i think what will happen next week and remember as they once said in the very underrated 90s rom-com boomerang get to coordinate get to coordinate all right they coordinate everything over there the spirit of the age nothing is uncoordinated i don't know if you guys have noticed this recently there have been a spate of articles recently about outdoor masking is yeah. dumb and stupid. Yep. Right? New Yorker. Yeah. New York Times. Slate, Slate did it. Yes. Okay. ABC did one. They're everywhere now. All right. That's that. These are the spirit of the ages minions. They didn't all just come to this conclusion um, in a vacuum or individually. If I had to guess, if anything at all is said about masks next week, I believe what will be said. 
is either it's time to end outdoor masking or we've almost reached a vaccination threshold where we can do it. And if we reach this vaccination threshold, then we can talk about indoor masking. I believe instead there will be more of a push on the vaccination front and with with masking as the impetus to get you to jab up. That's what I think you're more likely to see based off of what we're seeing leading up to that event. So I will sell. Up next, we have uh, Sars Scream, who says the top five rejected alternate titles for Fauci and Bargain. Number five, something Fauci is going on. Uh, <laughs> nice, but no, sell. I can, I'll, I'll, when we get through this list, I'll tell you guys what the original title yeah. was going to be, but it's not on sell this on list. That, that one time. I'm going to sell because this title that we gave it is so cosmically perfect. Yeah. You really need to step if you're going to get counted yes. here yeah number four corrupt af <laughs> i love that title that's great still selling but when I'm, I'm still selling. selling i'm still selling but I, I i i love it though just so you know number yes. three it was anthony all along i love that's clever okay I'm get selling. it it was agnes all along no that was the number saying. one song on the itunes charts guys did you know that really yeah which is now, like when we were kids, that's the Billboard chart. Yeah. It's the iTunes chart now. But um, I like that one. I'm going to buy it. I like it. I'll sell. I think that one's clever. I like that one. Uh, number two, the screw Trump letters. That's clever. Sell. But it's too parochial, but it's clever. I'm torn on that one. So I like it. I'm going to buy it. Okay. Number one, what the hell, America? And I'm I'll going buy. to mute Todd's <laughs> microphone now. <laughs> nope. I'm buying. That's a good one, too. The, 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 the book's working title for the, the few weeks we worked on it, over the first few weeks we worked on it, was, um, uh, I think it was, was it, actually, now I can't remember what it was. Was yeah, it Fauci the Fiend or Fiendish Fauci King, or Fauci King the Fauci, the, Fauci the, Lord Fauci the Fiend or something was yes. like along those lines. But we looked at it and and couldn't make the artwork and the subtitle me and the publisher just, we couldn't come up with a combination we liked. So we just let it sit for a few days and, and then just threw that out there and we, and both of us loved it. Both sides loved it. And we ended up with that. So what the hell America's implied on every page. Of yes. That, though. Yes. Yeah, that it, more than implied. Uh, I would say it, I think it's explicitly, um, uh, uh, discussed. At the very least it's implied. It's, on it's hinted page. strongly. Yes. Yes, you know, like a like a bat to a home invader. It's hinted strongly that you don't belong here. Yes, indeed. Uh, one more before we go to break. Dealing with all this chaos around us is conditioning us to cry out and search for someone, quote unquote, to come and save us. And unfortunately, he will come. Amen. Yes. See, the the, the spirit of the age loves the tribalism because it, the, because it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't care. Somebody, you know, the previous guy quoted the screw tape letters. How many times over the years, one of the most chilling passages I've ever read outside of the word of God is when Screwtape talks about anytime you make your belief system or your faith a means to an end, hell doesn't care if it's for pacifism on the left or patriotism on the right, Lewis says, as long as it's not about transformation, but it's just a means to an end for whatever ideology you've bought into of the time. That's, hell is fine with that. And then, and then Screwtape's next line is, we have a cage full of such men down here. That's chilling. That's why we have to resist the temptation of tribalism. Because we cease critical thinking. Hell doesn't care. 
the spirit of the age, man, doesn't care if you think all black people are innocent and all cops are bad. Or if you think all cops are great and all these black people that, that had it coming. Doesn't care. As long as you reduce yourself to that ethical system. Nikolai Carpathia holds out his hand and welcomes you. And he wins. With Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd and Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is how to reach it via email. Or look for Steve Dace on Facebook, MeWeGab Parlor. Follow at Steve Dace Show on Twitter. And if you're looking for clips of the program, especially if you like him censored, go to YouTube.com slash Steve Dace or Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And if you're a podcast listener, thank you very much. Please show uh, how much you're thankful for the show, though, by hitting that subscribe button, leaving us a five-star review. I am told, I have no evidence to verify this, but I'm told that if a lot of you keep doing that, it will benefit the show. I have no idea how. I do know, though, that it will um, pump up our, our fragile male egos, and I think all three of us agree that's just vitally important in and of itself, right? Uh, so thank you to the thousands of you that have done those two things for us already. And our wives, thank you, too. All right, uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us. Before we get to part two of Buy, Sell, or Hold, uh, I saw a stat the other day. Prior to COVID, 3% of Americans were using alternative forms of in-home schooling or homeschooling. Now that number, uh, even as I think we're, for the first time in a year now, a clear majority of American school children are in-person learning. I want to say the number is around 62 or 65%. And what's funny is, when remember that CDC chart? And I told you guys that was a turning point. Remember when they brought that out in January? Yes. So we were we were just beginning to compile the, the information for Fauci and Bargain at that time. Yes. The number, when we published the book, I think on March 1, 45% of Americans are right around there, I think is the number we cite in the book right before it went to publish, was around 45% of American school children were doing in-home or were doing in-person learning in a school. The number since the 1st of March, so six weeks, has gone up to 62%, which means that that's an indicator of how much trust has been lost with the panic porn purveyors and the average American. But maybe some of you are also thinking, you know what? Now that we kind of have a handle on this and what our kids are learning, what, what ideas are being communicated, should we send them back? Now, we have enjoyed homeschooling our three children. And it's not easy to do. I would recommend it, but it's I don't know that it is for everybody. And when you look at if I'm a single mom, can I do that? Things of that nature. Is there an option where... I get the best of both worlds where maybe it doesn't intrude on everything else we're doing as a family. But at the same time, I get the values and the ideas that I would have taught them communicated. You want to look at our friends over at Freedom Project Academy um, because unlike public schools, FPA has perfected live online learning for more than a decade. And they're built on Judeo-Christian values and a classical curriculum, classical curriculum. That's how, you know, that's critical thinking. 
That's how the founding generations of the country were educated. That's what they do at Freedom Project Academy. It's dedicated to providing mastery of the subject matter, not propaganda. So go to freedomforschool.com if you want to learn more. That's freedomforschool.com. Request your free information packet today. There's a reason the average high school graduate is entering college reading at just a seventh grade level. Don't let your kid get dumbed down. Uh, let them be taught how to critically think, encouraged to do so, in fact. Go to freedomforschool.com. Get your kid a real education today at freedomforschool.com. In fact, Freedom Project Academy, the last few years for our son Noah, before we put him at Des Moines Christian, I got an email from a fellow Des Moines Christian parent asking me yesterday, you should, you should mention more what life is like at Des Moines Christian compared to even some of the government schools out here in the, even the more conservative suburbs, it is just like night and day different. And the administration at our Christian school for Noah, they've done a fantastic job of doing the best they can to navigate the situation as critically as they possibly can. Uh, and so the, but the last few years before we put Noah at Des Moines Christian, which we did because he just needed a larger peer group than we could provide. Uh, we did Freedom Project Academy. That was our homeschool curriculum for Noah. I think like the last three years before he went to DMC and we got a lot out of it. So uh, we've been through it as a family too. And I know the people that founded the school, they're good folks. Freedomforschool.com. All right, let's get to part two of Buy, Sell, Hold, Aaron. We will go next to Aaron Lynn, who says UFC 261, an indoor event with full capacity, 15,000 fans with optional mask wearing is the biggest thing happening that no one is talking about. I could see that. Um, you know, we had the Texas Rangers on opening day had the first sellout crowd or really, really even large gathering crowd at a major American sporting event since COVID. It's been going on 17, 18 days now. Smoldering pile. And Texas it, it did nothing to change Texas's epidemiological curve whatsoever indoors obviously takes it to a different level but dana white uh the head of ufc he's been pushing on this from the very beginning i mean it wasn't shortly after the lockdowns began that he taught he was trying to bring ufc back um so i i i could see that being a story but i but here's what i think we should prepare ourselves for okay the spirit of the age isn't going to grant us i believe like a singular win, like a like a singular moment where we all where the, where everybody the light bulb goes on for everybody and everybody's like, oh, all right, this is over now. I don't think we're going to be fortunate enough to get that. I think you're going to have to get four or five or six Texas Ranger games in other places around the country. You're going to have to get this UFC event and then another couple of uh, you know what I'm saying. That I think you're going to have to build this to a crescendo. I don't think there's going to be one singular moment and everybody's like, okay, anyway, all right, back to, you know, back to normal. I, I just think there's going to have to be more and more critical mass built up of dissent against this before the center of the of COVID stand cannot hold and they no longer can enforce these mechanisms. An example being what I shared with you at the top of the show, the gentleman who contacted me on LinkedIn, where his lefty wife is like, okay, we got to get the hell out of Michigan. We're not masking our two and a half year old. That's an example of what I mean. And it's an example, too, I believe, of Americans' short attention spans 
being incredibly convenient for team lockdown and for the panic porn purveyors over the last year. Just wait two more weeks. Wow, you forget about this thing that just happened. You know, wait two, wait two weeks for Wisconsin's election to, to turn Wisconsin into a, it's just been memory holding the memory holding the entire mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I'm selling, not being a huge UFC fan. I didn't know where this was, looked it up. It's in Jacksonville, Florida. And this is just how Ron DeSantis rolls. I mean, of course it's happening there. If it was happening in just about any other state, I'd consider it. But this is just Florida just saying, yeah, this is how we roll. I could flip that around, though, brother, and say because it's in Florida, this is where you're building a critical mass, meaning that. You have multiple things that have occurred now in this state that over and over again have defied I agree. I mean, logic I just, and you cannot, you can't memory hole Florida. You, you just, you can't. It's the third largest state in the country. Um, I could make an argument that it's actually kind of smart to have all of this go on in such a large, diverse, urban setting, mass population, large elderly, all those things converge and over and over and over again, have it be the control group. I I could argue it goes the other way. I know, but there's, I mean, you've mentioned Gretchen Whitmer. She went down to Florida, came back and then blamed Florida for being terrible. (laughs) I mean, this is what we're, it has to happen somewhere else. You're right. I think, okay. I mean, I I get what you're saying, but I, I remember, you, you, you want to know the number one reason the Big Ten football came back? Number one reason, I'll tell you. I talked to some people at Michigan. Number one thing that, t- the, it wasn't, hey, the president did play a role. The media pressure did play, all those things played a role. But what finally nudged this over the top is when Notre Dame played a home game. I think it was against Duke University, so it was even a non-conference game. So they brought in Duke from another part of the country. No, so they were both in the ACC, actually, so it was a conference game. They brought in Duke from another part of the country, traveled from North Car- from Durham, North Carolina, to South Bend, Indiana. That game's on national TV in our footprint, and students are sitting are, are in the stands, all right? And, and because of Notre Dame's reputation, Notre Dame is kind of a, if, if, you know, the Catholic version of a Big Ten university. The Big Ten's tried to woo Notre Dame in the past. Have, and then... The, the amount of people that got up that Saturday that were previously unsure if this could happen. And now they're watching Notre Dame play a team from down south and people aren't dying and keeling over in the stands. That that was that was a that was a galvanizing moment where everybody was like, all right, what are we doing here? Man, they can play at Notre Dame because before you could say, well, you know, that's uh, Alabama doesn't care about people. It's roll tide evangelicalism, as you used to say, they care about college football more than safety. That's why they they pay kids to go to high school, let alone college down there. Renegade, redneck. Right. That, yeah. Those are all the excuses we use up here in our part of the world. What are you going to say, though, when it's Notre Dame doing it? Right. Yeah. And that's why I think having Florida as a control group, given its diversity, given its um, uh, it, its renowned swing state status, having Florida pound the notion over and over and over again, what's your argument against Florida? What's the argument? Higher, higher, they have a higher elderly population than you. They have a higher overall population than you. You know, so there, there's no argument against it. But I get what you're saying. I get it. As I get yours. Okay. Up next, we have Bob, who says uh, he has a list of the top five movie villains that we all rooted for. Number five, Garland Green and Con Air. No, dude, you got to go with Cyrus the Virus. 
That's the villain you rooted for in Con Air. I just watched that movie again recently. John Malkovich, dude. There was a period of time. What is Con Air about? Con Air. Are you serious? Yes. Is that a dude code violation? I'm asking. He was pretty young. <laughs> Ron down in Dallas yes. in my ear. Yes, yes, he says repeatedly. How yes, old it is. Was, I mean, Aaron was really young when Con Air. I think we're, it seems more recent to us. That's an God, old that, movie okay. now. All right, man. Yeah, I don't you guys know. are just old. That's all. What year? Know. Okay, I'm looking at like it. 97. came out in 1997. Oh, I was four. I, I was old enough to watch that. You're yeah. four? Yeah. <laughs> Con Air, dude. As you, Steve Buscemi's character sits there with little children. Yeah, not so Con much. Air is about uh, a, a Navy or an Army rancher who comes back home from serving overseas. Uh, and he goes down to, is it Louisiana, I think, to get his 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 wife, right? <laughs> and, and, and she's pregnant with their daughter. And she's a waitress. She gets hit on by uh, some dudes uh, and they get too fresh. He defends her, gets in a fight. He ends up uh, not intending to kill. He hits one of the guys coming at his wife so hard, he kills him. Wow. And ends up in prison for like years. And he does, and he never sees his daughter, won't let the daughter, once she's born, come visit, doesn't want her, doesn't want his daughter's first time to meet her daddy to be in prison. Yeah. So they, the opening part of the movie, they're sending letters and stuff back and forth. He's on his best behavior. And so the day finally comes now that he's about to be released. And he hops on a... What? What are you laughing about? You're making this sound so heavy. This movie is basically like Roadhouse on a plane. What is Roadhouse? (laughs) 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 That's why I was doing this. Okay. He gets on a plane to fly home finally to see his wife and and daughter. And it turns out the plane is hijacked by a Mexican drug cartel that wants that 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 is paying all these mega criminals to hijack the plane on their behalf. And so he's got a choice. He could get off the plane and find another way to get home to his mm-hmm. wife and daughter, but he decides the old army ranger in him decides, hey, if I get off this plane, they're gonna kill like the female guard, raper, do bad stuff. And so he stays on the plane to basically be subversively uh, you know, pushed back against the criminals on the plane. Wow. Okay. And it's got some classic 90s. Um, who, 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 who am I thinking of with the, with the big action producer in the nineties Did Armageddon, Bruckheimer? Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah. It has some classic nineties, oh. uh, schmaltz, uh, shtick. It's beautiful. Schlock. So beautiful it's some of the making. greatest schlock of the entire yes. 1990s, but the most memorable villain in, in, in Con Air. I just watched it again recently. That's why I figured Noah was old enough to be introduced to the basic cable version. So we, we watched it like on FX or something. All right. And he loved it. Uh, but you got to go with Cyrus the virus. There was a period of time there from like 1995 to like 2003. that John Malkovich was just a complete and total badass. You know what I'm saying? I agree. It was a period of time there. And this was right at the peak of that. So I've got to go with Cyrus the virus. I got to sell on that. Uh, are you buying or selling on that, Todd? What was the even Garland the, Green. the initial question? Garland Green. Uh, so top five movie villains we all rooted for. I, who was Garland Green in that movie? Was that the name of the serial killer that Buscemi played? Okay. I mean, he's, I, have to, I think that was the name of the serial killer okay, that I'll Steve buy. Buscemi like played. Like I mentioned, I mean, he's got some very interesting scenes. So okay. I'll buy. Yeah. Number four, Neil McCauley and Heat. I just think that movie's dramatically overrated, so I'm selling. Yeah, I'll I'll sell. 
that that part where the they they're playing Sweet Home Alabama in the plane after they've the prisoners have taken it over. Oh, and, we're back. Yeah. yeah, and Buscemi looks over yeah, yeah. at Nicolas Cage and says, "Irony." Yeah, playing a song from a band who all died in a plane, who almost all died yes. in a plane crash. Yes, yeah. And let's see, number three, Harry and Marv in Home Alone. Who rooted for, for them? them? I don't know. Over the kid? I don't know. Sociopath much? Sell. Nobody rooted for them. Sell. Number Get out of here with that. Two, Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. This is getting Bob, darker. I'm concerned. Time for, time for friends of Bob to reach out. You know, we've been talking about that mental health cliff <laughs> we've, we're on as a country. Yes. What about Bob? <laughs> Yikes. Uh, yeah, I don't recall no. ever rooting for Hannibal Lecter, no. bro. I'm, I'm going to have to... And I'm not even like doing the Jesus juke on this. I'm like very afraid of Bob, actually. I hope Bob's at home right now. Gosh, I really didn't see this pushback coming. In fact, I, I wonder if his name is Bob, actually. Yes. It's uh, Hannibal. Um, did, did he, was this a parlor? Uh, this was a parlor. Parlay, or did okay. he like cut out little pictures in a magazine, letters, and then mail this suggestion to you, if you know what Oof. I'm... Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, hard to tell sometimes. Uh, number one, Daniel LaRusso in Karate Kid. Uh, he's, he's, not, he's not the villain, Bob. Um, it's the Karate Kid, not not Cobra Kai. Okay, I think you've got this a little backwards. And Bob, frankly, are you married? Uh, is is are there is is the therapist office reopened where you live, Bob? I might this suggest guy, it. At best, we can hope that this guy takes contrarian just to a whole new level. Um, at worst, at that's the. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hey, where's on. you belong on this list? Let's, some, in some I, way. I, I, let's move on from Bob. I'm out of built bars, so I've got nothing to cheer me back up after that. Yeah, let's move on from Bob. Okay. Uh, Lisa Marie says, years from now, jurors in the Chauvin case will admit on camera they convicted the officer due to social justice and not actual guilt, a la the jurors in the O.J. Simpson case. I will buy if you allow they think not actual guilt, not whether there really was actual guilt. De de define that. Clarify that. Well, in he's either, in fact, guilty or not. If we can accept that premise that there's a objective reality to this, and it's not purely subjective, but in their minds, the people who said, I don't, I, he's guilty, they will say, he, I, yes, I, I, he was guilty because of social justice, not because I really was overly concerned one way or the other with his guilt. Meaning that, innocence, that this is, the, the, in their in minds, it's not way. the jury nullification like the OJ jury was, but, it, but, they, but that's actually congruent with what they thought they were on the case to yeah, be. to some extent, yes. Okay. The, the, that, that was the unofficial, the unofficial fourth charge was SJE, okay. I could I could see that. In fact, I don't know that it will take years, actually. But I, I, I could see that. Yeah. Bye-bye. Next up, we have Big A, who says, based on some of the more conservative storylines we've seen, the MCU is now the closet at Disney for non-wokeness. Wow. I would... I would like to buy... And there's... Oh, what the heck? We got to have something where we just kind of go out on a limb. Uh, I'll buy at the bare minimum level of optimism I can muster on this front. I'll, if not them, who? Yeah. Okay. I can buy. 
I haven't run into anything yet where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm turning it off. Um, I haven't found anything to be grating or I nauseating think. yet, 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 but not yet. Yeah. I mean, look at the first thing that they rolled out with in phase four. The whole story is um, a woman's desire, unfulfilled desire to be a, to be a wife and a mom. Uh, that's really all she saves the world has all these superpowers and really all she wants to be as a wife and a mom out in the suburbs is denied her and and, and that's yeah. what drives her to sociopathy this right I that's the initial storyline of the very the first thing they came out with post avengers i so. wouldn't have been optimistic before the last two series and as we laid out yesterday on falcon and winter soldier there's more reason to be optimistic at the end of Endgame, I would have said, of course, this isn't going to happen. They're going to totally... And we yep. did. We had that conversation. Yeah, we did. Let me suggest something out of curiosity. Because I was thinking about this yesterday. Is Maxine Waters actually the smart one? Meaning, I mean, dude, she's got the racial grift going while she goes home to a multi-million dollar house, right? She even goes to other states and stirs up passions like she did in, in Minnesota this week, right? Okay. And just... And nothing ever happens. She completely gets away with it. She, I mean, have we allowed the fact she says some dingbat things to cause us to not understand that she's actually the clever, shrewd one here? And I bring that up in the context of this conversation because we've talked before about, you know, they always talk this whole woke game like at Marvel. And then when the storylines come out, they don't ever actually follow through to the level that you feared or anticipated. Is, is, are they maybe not, are they the smart ones actually? Is, do you think Kevin Feige's figured out? Dude, if I just go to the media and tell them whatever they want to say and, and do these like trite offerings, you know, we got the one gay guy in the support group at, at, at Endgame. One of the characters uh, in the Eternals is going to be gay for like five minutes in the storyline and then they move on with the rest of their storyline, right? Um you know, I don't know any, I, having seen Captain Marvel, despite the reputation of its lead actor, there, there's just, there's nothing really feminist about the film on any level I know. whatsoever. Um, my big complaint about Black Panther is I wanted it to be actually more political than it turned out to be. Do you th have they just figured out that we just tell the, uh, we just tell the woke crowd, whatever they want to hear when we call, when CNN calls us or the Washington Post does, and then we just go make the movies we want to make. Have they, do you think Kevin Feige, Feige has figured that out? Maybe he's the smart one in the room. He, maybe just like Maxine Waters actually might be smarter than we all thought. She's figured out how to grift this at a, at a cosmic level. Has Kevin Feige figured out, just tell the media whatever the hell they want to hear, put some trite character in there, and then do the story you want to do, and no one says anything to you about it. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay. I guess we'll find out in the next yeah. few films, right? Okay. Let's see. Next up, we have S. Griff, who says all police in blue cities should look for different employment ASAP. It's just not possible to do that job anymore, and they don't want you there anyway. Bye. I would I would actually buy this. And I'm hesitant whenever we get into the words like all or never, you know, and we're not like directly invoking the word of God on something yeah. or some law of science or philosophy. But to me, I, I just think you're in a ticking time bomb situation if that's you, brother. I, I do. I, I, and it goes back to what I said last hour. The, the, the Hegelian dialectic is, what, is the idea that after a while, like Godwin's law, 
sooner or later, every argument devolves. And at, at some point, if it goes on long enough, we'll devolve into a Nazi. You're, you're, you're a Nazi naming contest or shaming contest. The, the point of the Hegelian dialectic is that after a while, the thesis and the antithesis, the opposite of it, will essentially merge and fuse. They will fuse together into one new narrative. Okay. The synthesis. Yeah, the synthesis. Yes, thank you. Um, that's a philosophical notion. The idea, for example, that um, I assert that blue lives matter. I assert that black lives matter. If I, the longer I buy into those seemingly contradictory narratives, since I'm really actually making the same argument just from a different vantage point, but the, the, the systemic argument is some lives are more important than others. That's the fundamental argument. We're just disagreeing on which idol is right. Sooner or later, those, those right now um, at each other's throats idolatries eventually just fuse into just one new idolatry the synthesis that's a philosophical theorem it's actually what's going on ethically right now and i talked about this last hour it's the case that just came out yesterday you're a white cop you roll up on a situation where a black girl is about to stab another black girl in the neck if you act you're racist if you don't act you're racist they fused now Cops won't come to our neighborhoods because they don't care about us. Cops only come to our neighborhoods so they can they can beat up and wail on us and and, and take us for granted. Those two narratives now have fused. The thesis and antithesis have fused into a new narrative, and it's an untruth. I, I, to me, I think every day you go to work, you you agree as a cop that you are you're willing to put your life on the line, and we uh, thank you for that. But. Your agreement is to do that on your grounds. The grounds that you agreed, I'm willing to make my sacrifice because the law and, and unlawful, those things are clearly defined. Who the victim and who the perpetrator in this situation, those things are clearly defined. And I agree when I take that badge and gun that with those distinctions clearly defined, I agree that it may cause me every day I punch in for my job and jump in my squad car may be the day that that calculus calls for me to lay my life down, right? Right. What if we don't know those things anymore? What if you don't know? Well, if you saw Jesse Kelly retweet Kimberly Klasik this morning, you remember her? She's mm -hmm. the, uh, She didn't end up winning, but she ran. She just posted this. Just wanted to let everyone know Baltimore City is down 700 police officers, two precinct. precinct Precincts will be closed due to shortage. You know, Baltimore was already a hellhole before this year. That's what the whole show, The Wire, is all about. Mm -hmm. And now, this? Yeah, how do you, you... You may as well sit down at the deer hunter table and play Russian roulette. That's exactly what you're doing. Every day, you... And, and so you don't know, your sacrifice, you could end up being the villain and not the hero. The, the, there's no math. Yep. Everything's just a narrative. It's untruth. What I mean by untruth, we're not even, it, it's like when a room has been chloroformed and you can't breathe in it, There's no, it, it registers no oxygen level, right? Yes. That's what's happened here. There's no truth level. It's gone. It's not hidden. It's, 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 it's been evaporated, erased, eliminated. And the idea that in any situation now, depending on who, what the narrative is, you're the bad guy. I, I just wouldn't risk my life for that. I would encourage anybody I know, anybody I care about to do that.
sorry to say, but that's what I would say if somebody who cared, I cared yeah. about asked me. That's what I would tell them. Up next, Christopher T. Braun says, The Chosen is the greatest depiction of Jesus ever created for cinema. So, I promise it's on my list this summer. I watched the first episode. I thought it was exceedingly well done, a little slow. But just so you all will stop emailing me, and because I really do want to watch it, I promise this is on my list to get to this summer. So I can't comment on this yet because I've only watched the first, well, actually two episodes. So I have to hold. I haven't watched, I think there's two episodes out in this current season. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched them yet, but the first season is outstanding. It's incredibly moving. Um, I, I can't say anything but good things about it. But I will sell, though, in that, uh, I mean, you're, you're comparing this uh, to uh, passion. the passion, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not putting that in second place to anybody. All right. Christopher says the next big virus will occur just in time to be a factor in the 2024 presidential election. Depends on if what you mean by virus. Yeah, yeah everything is a virus. Bye. So I'll buy that. It may yeah. not be an actual virus, but what what's going on, this game plan will just be they're just gonna run it back the until people show their ducks. Yeah. Yep. Until your show you know, it's it, it, instead of acid reflux, it's gaslight reflux now. So until we show that we are willing to not to withstand it, to withhold from it, then they'll just keep, you know, they'll just keep popping the you know, popping that in. That's your garage band name. Gaslight reflux. <laughs> you like that better than backdoor cover? I, th- I think I do. Okay, because I've always liked backdoor cover. I thought that would be a great garage band name. But acid re- or, or gaslight reflux is pretty good too. That might even almost be as good as like a name, like a talking heads or something like yeah. that. You know, I mean, that, 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 that makes kind of a profound statement, it right? It does. All right, we'll come back. The Weekly Prophet of Woe and Lamentation is next. Some great news to share about our friends over at Patriot Mobile. They just expanded their coverage dramatically, which is going to make it even easier for even more Americans to dump those big name carriers who charge away too much while they're also donating money to all those spirit of the age causes. That's why you want to partner with Patriot Mobile. They never send a penny to your enemies and they'll never try to silence you. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider and you can switch with confidence because they use the same network as the large ones do, but charge you much less. And switching is also easy. You can keep your phone number, bring over your own phone, buy a whole new one, start all over again if you want, build your own bundle with multi-line discounts, and you can save even more. Veterans and first responders save even more too. So just go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Again, that's patriotmobile.com slash Steve and find out with the code Steve about the premier activation where they set up the phone for you and you'll get a special gift. So they set up the phone for you and a special gift at patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Let's bring in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Hey, great to be with you, Steve, in these troubling times. Indeed. Let's start with the verdict last night and just your thoughts. The floor is yours. Sure. I mean, this is basically if any of you ever wondered what would have happened had the KKK 
gotten control of every last economic, political, media, uh, influencer, any any lever of power mixed with modern technology. That's what the verdict was. Uh, BLM is the new KKK. Uh, this was established last May 25th, when unlike during the Rodney King riots, or really even even some of the ones more recently, where maybe it got out of hand for a day or two, but then you know it became clear. Even Democrat mayors we weren't going to tolerate this. We put it down, and and you know we we are a stable democracy. This just doesn't happen. Um, no, it was established a precedent that you call yourselves BLM. And you could intimidate, you could threaten violence to individuals and on a macro scale as well, and you will get what you want. If the system demands something, the system gets it. So obviously there was no jury deliberation to speak of. They clearly made up their minds before. They didn't even ask any causation questions of the judge. Um, you know, so it wasn't even nuanced. To come up with second degree murder, I was thinking, man. I wish we had those evidentiary standards for street thugs. I mean, they never land convictions commensurate to uh, the charges. I mean, this is every day this happens, and and that's really why uh, thousands upon thousands of blacks are killed by homicide every year and in, in, in increasing numbers uh, because we never land those convictions uh, based on even more robust evidence. Um Somehow it's both intentional and unintentional murder at the same time, which is interesting. Uh, but again, Steve, the, the main point is, as Alan Dershowitz said, these were KKK tactics. Uh, you got to be crazy if you're a juror to uh, not convict him. And uh, the one area I disagree with Dershowitz on is that I don't think it will be overturned on appeal because what judge will want to do that? He's too focused on the facts of the case. We don't deal with individual justice based on facts and evidence. We have mob justice in this country. Um, if you think about it, it's not just uh, racialism and crime. It's really also uh, – it's COVID fascism. It's everything. If the system wants something, the system gets it. We don't have due process anymore. And I mean that using the term of art in court, but also political due process we don't get anymore. Um, we can make the most compelling case on masks and lockdowns. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. If they feel they will grow their power, they'll get that. Same thing here. If you're white and he's black, that's the only fact that matters in this case. The case that came out last night with the, uh, the, the potential stabbing victim. And we were just talking about it with our audience before you came on. To me, this is taking the Hegelian dialectic and taking it out of a philosophical construct. And now it's a real world ethical dilemma because the cops won't come into our neighborhoods because they don't care about black people. That's that's one of the that's a thesis and antithesis is they only come into our neighborhoods so they can mess with the black people. Right. So we have the thesis and the antithesis here. And now they merge in this circumstance where a white cop has to make a decision if I act in the heat of the moment. And you can say, well, okay, yeah, you could have aimed lower. First of all, you navigate that situation and tell me how you could do it with somebody's life is at stake. But if, if he had shot her in the hip and the woman was paralyzed, the, whole, the argument would be the same, okay? And the argument is if he acts and does something uh, and, and something happens to the perp, uh, he's a racist. If he doesn't act, uh, he doesn't care about what happens to black people and he's a racist. 
That to me is the Hegelian dialectic is now not a philosophical exercise, but it's an ethical conundrum and it creates a, a situation of untruth, meaning that truth has been chloroformed from the room. It's, it's not present. It's not hidden. It's not covered up. It's not in a corner. It's not held onto by a minority. It's gone. It's, it doesn't exist. It's completely erased from the situation. What are your thoughts on that? So, I mean, I'm glad you brought up the Makia Bryant uh, case there because it's almost like God gave us a moment of clarity um, parried against Satan. Satan always uh, tries to muddle things. And, you know, the the thing about the Floyd situation was it was unusual. The video looked really unusual. And there's a lot going on And we have a cop there. who has, has, has a troubled record. Yeah. Derek Chauvin yeah. has had some issues. And, clear, and clearly there was something that went wrong yep. there on some level. But the point is, they try to use a case to create a narrative that the complete opposite is true. Police often use uh, to underwhelming force, and there is no, mm -hmm. there's no racism. There was no evidence that it was racially uh, animated, and in fact, you know, it's really the opposite is true. And the predominant public policy problem is black youth committing crimes at record levels and killing off um, a record number of black youths. And this case really brings it out because not only does BLM value black lives over white lives, and I think that is clear and our system does, that is 100 percent clear. And anyone who denies that is denying a simple fact. And that was true even before last year. But they value the lives of black criminals over black victims. And I think that that case brings that out very clearly because it's like you should have let her stab that other teenager can i pause but for a second and i want to yeah. back up your point where are they in the streets negotiating between gangs where are they in the streets um guarding black neighborhoods against drug dealers uh drive-by shootings they're only to be found when it is a white law enforcement officer it, uh, that is that, that involved with a black alleged perpetrator they're 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 not practicing some form of this isn't even the black panthers i mean we got a lot of things to say about them and a lot of them wouldn't be good but we also can't deny they built communities in oakland california they made sure kids were educated they fed them may not have appreciated a lot of their tactics and a lot of their ideology but they were actually terraforming some form of a subculture this group's yep. not doing any of that they yep. only pounce in one particular circumstance to assert that black lives matter if if somebody black is killed in any other for, fa fashion or form or circumstance by anybody other than a white member of law enforcement they literally say nothing it's like they don't even exist as an organization and, and even if we think that all 18 um, unarmed blacks who were killed by cops were unjustified, which, of course, most of them were justified. And we find out Paterico did some good research on this. He found one case where they relied – the Washington Post database relied on early reporting that the person was unarmed. Turned out later upon investigation the person was armed, and this often does happen, and we – and this almost happened in Columbus. They almost got away with it. Uh, but 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 Steve, the even if you believe all of them are unjustified, I calculated that just the excess black homicides from 2020 because of BLM are 113 times greater than the number of blacks killed by by cops. And again, almost all of those are because they were involved in committing crimes. Cops got called onto the scene by other black witnesses or victims. Um, but let me put a data point on that just came out today from Philadelphia. Isn't it terrible, Steve, how someone so young had to die at the hands of police? Well, shootings 
involving minors in the city of Philadelphia were up 43% last year. 96% of them were black. Mm. 96% of that. And that is brought out in, in the McKee Bryan case where they want police and the criminal justice system in general to ignore the criminal at the expense of the victim. This is all this is. You know, the KKK, they didn't harm white people with their agenda. Uh, they harmed the country as a whole, obviously. BLM is doing more destruction and murder and mayhem upon blacks than anything imaginable. And we're going to see this even more this year. You've heard me say this before. I've said this to our audience many times over the years. We are not a nation of laws and we never have been. We are a nation of political will and we always will be. Your thoughts on that and how that applies to this circumstance. Steve, that's everything on crime. I couldn't have said it better because the bottom line is we know what the law is. But but there is a political will. So so in other words, you will have the worst murderers. They'll get out with barely any bail. Repeat violent offenders. But when it comes to the January 6th guys, even if they were doing nothing more than being charged with public trespassing, they are held without bail Mm -hmm. based on some of their political statements. So where there's a will, there's a way. It's all about political will. And right now, the political will in this country is what color of skin you are and therefore what political agenda it serves. And mind you, this has nothing to do with the cops. Here's my biggest lesson from last night. And that is it's coming to you as a civilian. See, the cops are standing back increasingly. So guess what? They're no longer going to be that buffer. So you're going to have more cases like Jonathan Pentland, the case in South Carolina, where he has lost his entire life. He had to flee his neighborhood. The army trashed him despite his amazing service because he berated a a, a black person. Turns out that guy was terrorizing the neighborhood, was arrested for sexually assaulting a woman just four days prior. Um, People wanted him to confront the person. And we never hear about that. So here's the deal. It has nothing to do with police tactics, better policing. Uh, The reality, Steve, is that police run across 821,000 aggravated assaults, 16,000 homicides, 268,000 robberies, not to mention 1.1 million burglaries. And most of them are violent criminals that act violent towards them. You look at the numbers, 51% of murder arrests are black, 53% of robberies are black, uh, 42% of those arrested for weapons violations are black, and among uh, juveniles, those numbers are even strongly stronger weighted towards blacks. So their encounters with people that are engaging in violence, it's millions per years, per year. So actually, their track record is pretty darn good. Um, it's kind of like focusing on every plane crash. And again, even most of those um, weren't necessarily unjustified and certainly almost never racially motivated. Great stuff, my friend. Good to see you as always. All right. Doing great work. Take care. Same to you. Thank you. Well, it is difficult to buy, buy and sell, sell a home in any economic environment, but especially in these unprecedented times. Thank you. Hit the quota again today. That's why you want to make sure you get a real estate agent who comes in and takes charge of the situation while also remembering, though, who is ultimately in charge. You. All right. That they work for you. But where would you find such a person? And oh, can you can you get one that has a verified and proven vetted track record of success? 
Yes is the answer. And the name kind of says it all. Go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com, a company started by Glenn Beck and initially with a group of agents from right here in this very audience around the country. Uh, People that also are saying, hey, you know, we have the same value system you guys do. And we also want you to have a rewarding experience to have a trustworthy agent. So sign us up instead. And from there grew realestateagentsitrust.com so that just about anywhere you want to escape, I'm sorry, uh, move to, uh, in these um, United States, we can probably help you at realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Thoughts on our conversation with Daniel Horowitz. It is just so deeply sad in the atmosphere you both talked about to think about that they're, whether they've been made mistakes in their past or not, the number of people, particularly children, in black inner city America right now that absolutely have no chance of escaping this short of a miracle. They have been failed on every level by their institutions, fundamentally the institution of the family and the, the, the grift that has going been going on for decades now of using them as pawns for political power so that now Nancy Pelosi can be uh, entrenched in government for her entire lifetime. It's, it's just disgusting. I'm trying to think of a, excuse me, I'm trying to think of a, of an analog to describe the evil uh, that's taking place here. And it, I'm coming up, I'm coming up empty as Todd articulated because what has gone wrong, the, the true victimhood here that's really taking place here is something that doesn't, doesn't get talked about and won't be talked about because it's, it's the family. It's the breakdown of the family. And, and why, why is that happening? Why is that happening? Um, those, those, are, those are truly the conversations that we need to have, but they never get had. They never get had, by and large, in the mainstream. And so, eventually, the racialist grift continues and continues and continues. And you have riots and, and protests, mostly peaceful riots, celebratory riots, and all of this. And yet, um, the so-called problem still stays the same. Um that's where the real injustice is. It's the breakdown of, of the family in those communities. And until that's solved, um, we, we're going to keep seeing this and you're going to be called a racist by your woke white neighbors. You're going to continue. This is going to continue to happen because, um, because it is revival or bust on this issue and every other issue as well. This one, I think, will be harder to find a critical thinking coalition for than COVID, would be my guess. Because the tensions here are so hot, the temptation to, to devolve into tribes is so overwhelming, and there's a multi-decade head start. Nevertheless, we will take on that fight that'll do it for today back at it again tomorrow noon to 2 eastern right after glenn beck until then john 317
This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.